0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. 20 years ago, the NBC show Freaks and Geeks hit the airwaves and offered a decidedly Metro Detroit take on subjects like outcasts, love, bullying, and friendship in the 1980s. It had very devoted fans, but NBC canceled the show after just one season. Still, that show helped launch the careers of people we know very well even today, Seth Rogen, James Franco, and the wildly successful director, Judd Apatow. Now, there's a documentary about the series, and it's part of the Freep Film Festival, which began Tuesday night and ends on Sunday. We're joined now by Brent Hodge, who is the director of that documentary. Uh, Brent Hodge, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: So talk about what made you become a fan of Freaks and Geeks in the first place. Well, I think
1: ultimately I couldn't find it. <laughs> that was <laughs> the main reason I got into it. It was hard to, hard to find, so it was a bit underground. Uh, but but it, you know, it's a show about high school. It's a show we can all relate to. It has every type of character you want, and it's really good writing. And I think that's what hit, hit home for me. Um, it's a Michigan-based show. They made up a fictional town called Chippewa Valley, Michigan, mm-hmm. named after Paul Feig's high school. <laughs> and he, he he's from Mount Clement. And I'm from Canada, and it just seemed just related to me growing up. So that's what, that's what hooked me. And then when it got to Netflix, it was very accessible. Uh, you could see all the episodes and binge it. And I think it got this new sort of wave of popularity from there. Yeah.
0: So it's it's really interesting that this is a show that lasted one season on the air, and yet... I hear people make reference to it all the time. I hear people kind of quote lines from it all the time. It really did find a, a fan following that that really outstripped the, the the network life that it had, and and there aren't a lot of shows that are able to do that.
1: Well, I think that's why we wanted to make this film, this documentary. Is like this is one of the coolest shows, and it only lasted one season, and no one really knew why. Like it's just like mis- a mystery of why it was canceled. And as you look into the story a bit more, you think, you see like, wow, this is, this is actually a really interesting network story, like an interesting show business story. It's about time slots, and it's an era where uh, who wants to be a millionaire was just eating up the airwaves, and there wasn't high school shows like this. There was Dawson's Creek, and there was 90210, and then there was this like oddball show, which seems... Fine now to put on the air, but back in the day it's just, it just was, was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's why we wanted to, I, I, we wanted to like get to the bottom of why something like this didn't last as long as it should have. Mm-hmm. So I want
0: to play a scene from the show. Uh, in this scene, the geeks have convinced James Franco's character to play Dungeons and Dragons with them.
1: Greetings, princess. It is I, Carlos the dwarf. The dragon has been slain, and you're free to rule your kingdom. Well, congratulations, Daniel. You just finished your first Dungeons & Dragons campaign.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) All right.
1: Thanks, guys. Hey, this is really fun. You guys want to do this tomorrow night? Sure.
0: Yeah. Wow, he's cool.
1: Yeah. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning
0: into cool guys i don't know i'm gonna go for us being cool guys yeah i'll buy that yeah definitely cool guys cool <laughs> cool <laughs> uh <laughs> there's so much in that scene that i think really captures the spirit of that show, right? This idea yeah. that kids who feel like outcasts uh, sometimes can find real common ground with other kids who they think are cool. And then the question is: Are the cool kids becoming uncool, or are the uncool becoming cool? Hmm.
1: And you know, it's, it's what a great clip. I'm so glad you played that. Like, you can even hear the the voices of those kids, and they're they're actually 14 years old. They were casted. <laughs> right. 14-year-old kids that hadn't even gone through puberty yet. And that was very uncommon. You were, you were having 25-year-old, 30-year-old kids playing high school kids on TV 15, 20 years ago. And then they sort of started this new trend of actually casting age. Um, they were just groundbreaking. I mean, that's what Freaking Geeks was and why it still lasts. It's kind of the seed, which is um, you launched all these careers, but also launched a type of storytelling and a type of high school storytelling you hadn't seen before. Mm.
0: My guest is Brent Hodge. He's the director of Freaks and Geeks, the documentary, which is screening tonight at 530 and tomorrow at 8 p.m. as part of the Freep Film Festival. We're talking about the show Freaks and Geeks, a one season phenomenon. That aired on NBC 20 years ago that has had an incredible life since the show actually aired. There are lots of people who still consider themselves fans of that show. There are lots of people who were on that show who are still with us in Hollywood and on the big screen and the little screen. Uh, People like Seth Rogen and James Franco. The director, Judd Apatow. All uh, reach back in their roots to that show, Freaks and Geeks. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us, did you watch that show, Freaks and Geeks, when it was airing on NBC or since then? And what makes that show great for you? How do you think it portrayed Growing up right here in Metro Detroit, the show was set here in Metro Detroit in a fictional town that was kind of uh, familiar to all of us, I think, uh, who grew up here. Uh, Did you identify with the characters, the cool kids or the uncool kids? And were you upset when this show was canceled? Uh, If you aren't a fan, talk about your most awkward experiences growing up here in Southeast Michigan, how they shaped your own life and your relationships with people around you. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about another film that is showing during the free film festival Uh, This weekend, Dan Yessian, who's founder of Yessian, a music production company in Farmington Hills, uh, wrote a lot of iconic commercial jingles, including the Dietrich Furs uh, jingle, which I think anybody who grew up here in the 70s or 80s absolutely can remember. He's the subject of a documentary about uh, Armenian culture and history that is really, really interesting. Uh, We'll have him here uh, with uh, the show's uh, director soon. Uh, but right now we are talking about Freaks and Geeks, the NBC show from 20 years ago and the documentary uh, about it that is showing tonight and tomorrow at the Freep Film Festival. And again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. Um, uh, Brent Hodge, I want to want to talk a little about uh, the documentary itself. Um, what what should people expect when they go to this film? Uh, is it is it more of just a retrospective about the show, or is it uh, about more about Metro Detroit?
1: I think it's more it's about a show, and uh, that show is, is is sort of the case study to how Hollywood works uh, and how networks like in NBC work when it comes to putting a show on air. Uh, I also think it's about a bunch of young guys who decided they wanted to make something cool. Paul Sieg from Detroit and um, Judd Apatow and all these writers getting in the room and really just being honest about their high school experience, and putting it on paper and then hiring a bunch of young, incredible actors uh, who brought it to the table. And then it, it, it sort into what it is. Um, but that, that's ultimately it's the case study to a, a much bigger film about Hollywood.
0: Mm. Uh... When, when NBC cancels this, uh, this series, uh, uh, of course, it takes on a life, a life of its own. And I, I wonder if you think there's any regret on the part of network executives, given this kind of iconic status that the show now has, uh, that they didn't stick with it and give it a little more uh, of a chance.
1: I think there definitely is. I mean, there, there are four execs from NBC that we interviewed that are in the film and they, they even say so, there is like a, I, I think they ultimately wanted it to work as well. They they were fighting, uh, you know, against different people w- within the organization. There was a, they said it was a revolving door at NBC at the time, meaning different execs were coming in. And so when that happens, I think that they pick their favorite shows or they go with a show that's doing well. Um, you know, the ratings, is, there's a section on ratings in this film, which it's actually pretty shocking when you think about it. Um, Freaks and Geeks was one of the lowest rated shows on TV at the time. And it was getting an average of 7 million viewers an episode, which today, to today's standards is incredible. That would be like a, a massive hit show. <laughs> but they were competing against Seinfeld and Friends. Friends was hitting 25 million. Um, Cops was hitting 25 million. And it's it just like these shows that were out there that everyone was binge-watching and tuning into. Game shows were big, and so they just couldn't compete. But it's interesting to to think that, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the the television-watching era has completely changed.
0: Hmm. Uh, So if someone has never really watched this show or wasn't a big fan of it, what's your sell to come out and uh, take a look at this this documentary? It's always struck me that this show – uh, and its appeal are about more than just these characters and these stories. There's something about growing up uh, and growing up in the Midwest, maybe, that I think is is kind of universal about this uh, about these characters in this show.
1: When Paul Feig says that off the off the top of the film, he says, "You know, there, everybody was from LA and everybody was from New York, and every show you would watch, that's where it was set. But I wanted somewhere." that had real people. I wanted it to be from a place that I know and I grew up and so he sort of created this fictional town of kids coming back and this is their last years of high school and I don't want some show where they they make the the kid get the cheerleader or they, they make uh, you know sex is like this easy topic to talk about. It's it's awkward and it's hard and we don't get the cheerleader and we don't always win. We, we don't get picked on the basketball team. And he wanted this, this sort of very real elements of what his high school experience were like to go into this. And so I think that's the sell to anyone who doesn't know the show, anyone who's never come across any of these actors. It's like the high school experience that you had will be revealed in Freaks and Geeks. And, and I'm sure if you watch this documentary, you're going to want to go binge watch that show afterwards as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the themes of that show, you know, this is 1999 when it's on television. I wonder how, common uh people who are experiencing uh you know that time in their lives now or more recently might find it uh it is kind of a a time piece in a in a way uh but it there is also i think uh, stuff and themes in there that that people now might be able to say mm, that looks awfully familiar
1: yeah i think that's that's what's crazy about high school too you know it's like it, and I'm sure there's like iPads and phones and different things that have now kind of come into circulation, and it's it's, it's still the same experience in high school. You still have a crush on a girl or a guy. You still want to have, be nervous about going to that dance. You still um, might not get picked for the basketball team. They're all the same same sort of situations happen to kids now that it did in 1999 or in 1970s when this when the show was actually set. Um, the idea of what you're going to do with your life, um, parents' pressure. I'm trying to think of every theme that you sort of hit in this film. And so I don't think those things go away. I think that's what's, that's what's incredible. They just got really honest about it. And that's why it keeps lasting the test of time, the show, and why it's still on Netflix and people are still watching it right now. Um, there's a lot of high school shows that go away. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you know, they're an experience, and you look at them now, and you're like, oh, man, that was looks, looks like a cheesy 90s show. But that's not the case with Freaking Geeks for some reason. Uh,
0: what about the stars who were in the show? I have said in the segment earlier that uh, you've got you've got all of these people who appear in this show sometimes for the first time in anything in any sort of television show or movie, and 20 years later, uh, they are still everywhere uh, on the big screen and the little screen. Um, talk about the how the stars. Uh, who were in it, kind of remember that time and look back to that that beginning on
1: this show. Yeah, I mean, these actors, Seth Rogen, Jason Siegel, James Franco, Linda Cardellini, Martin Starr, this is their first thing they've ever been on TV for. They were actual high high school kids that were casted. So unlike a 20-year-old or 25-year-old, it's usually cast as a high school kid, and they shave them, and they make sure that they look young. These were actual kids. They they went to high school on set of Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> um, you know, Sam Levine, he's eighteen at the time. Um, they, I don't think anybody was over twenty uh, that was in the cast. And I think what's incredible is that they continue to talk about the show. So as they've gotten bigger and their careers have, have skyrocketed, they continue to reference Freaks and Geeks. You know, their Instagram or Twitter page, and they'll post a photo of. Franco and Seth Rogen and say, oh, this is a great day on Freaks and Geeks. And they continue to rep it properly, which I don't know if a lot of actors do that. I think some of their first Disney or Nickelodeon shows, they might try to let the world forget that and keep going on this new brand. And I, I think with these guys, I think it was a really great experience. Um, they learned to write, you know, there's stories of Seth Rogen showing his first script of Superbad to Paul Feat and Judd <laughs> Apatow. Um, you know, it's, it, and Judd saying, well, let's make that after this. And like there's, you know, Judd continued to, to really foster a lot of these kids and make shows with them. Um, Jason Siegel and, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, you know, he'd get Seth into Anchorman. And you kind of see this seed, which is Freaks and Geeks and all these different side branches that go off. And it touches a lot of different people. Like they, they continue to be in movies together or they do cameos in each other's movies. Um, they still, and same with the crew. You know, the director of photography or the sound guys or the writers, they all continue to work together. And so I think that's what also helped make it last is that there's a lot of people that um, they stayed family and they stayed friends within that community. And so they they sort of rose together with the show.
0: Hmm. Uh, What about your conversations with Paul uh, Feig, uh, the creator of the show? He was from southeast Michigan. Did you guys talk about Michigan at all in those conversations and how he used his experience here in Michigan to sort of shape that show?
1: The first thing I did actually is we talked to him and I was in Toronto and he said, yeah, the first thing I would do if I were you is go down to Mount Clemens and just see what I'm, what, where, what, where I started writing this, what I imagined. <laughs> I drove down Mount Clemens, Michigan and everything is there. You know, it's Chippewa Valley high school this is where he went to high school. That's the opening shot of the whole film. We have a, there's a, a drone shot that kind of opens up, the, an aerial shot that opens up this film on a high school. And that's his high school growing up. And that's the name of the fictional town. Um, A1 uh, A one Sporting Good is also a, a, a reference to his dad's sporting goods store when he was a kid. And that's the sporting goods store in the film. He's got street names. He has everything. It's all in that town. So the influence is incredible. Um, and I know they had a, a difficult time finding Michigan... Michigan streets and houses because they film us in L.A. Um, so, you know, there was a there's there's definitely a Michigan story all throughout. I think it's in the bloodline of this whole thing.
0: OK, Brent Hodge, director of Freaks and Geeks, the documentary. It is screening tonight at five thirty and tomorrow at eight p.m. as part of the Freep Film Festival. Uh, thanks very much for being here with us at Detroit Today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm hmm.
0: And, again, 5.30 p.m. uh, tonight at the Marvin and Betty Danto Lecture Hall at the DIA, 8 p.m. Saturday, April 13th at the Imagine Theater in Royal Oak. You can get more information at FreepFestival.com, FreepFilmFestival.com, I should say. Up next, we're going to talk about another film in the Freep Film Festival, an Armenian trilogy which features Metro Detroit composer Dan Yassian. Also, don't forget... You have to miss on the show you don't have to miss out on the conversation here on Detroit today you just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts download and subscribe to Detroit today take us with you and listen when you are ready We'll be right back with more Detroit today) <laughs>